and welcome back to another episode of Learning Life This Way. I am your host, Shannon Tamez. As you can hear in my voice, I'm a little congested, so I hope that I sound better soon. However, you're in luck, you don't have to hear it the entire episode. I have another interview. This week, I'm joined by Tanil Martinez. She's a middle school teacher and passionate shaper of young minds. When Tanil isn't in the classroom, she's sharing her love of books. She is the host of the Book Advantage podcast. Each week, she invites guests to share the impact their favorite books have made in their lives. But today, Tanil is joining me to share a few things she would tell her younger self if she could travel back in time. She also gives me some advice to help me to always be able to communicate and connect with my children as they grow older. So sit back, relax, and I hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome to Learning Life This Way podcast. Today I have the pleasure of having a guest and I'm excited. Her name is Tennille and she is a passionate teacher, but also the host of the Book Advantage podcast, where she dives deep into the power of the written word. And I had the pleasure of soon being a guest on her podcast, where we talk about some of my favorite books and being a mother. So welcome to Neil. Hi, I'm so happy to be here, Shannon. Oh, thank you so much. So tell my audience a little bit about yourself. Well, like you were saying, I am a passionate teacher. I've entered, and sometimes I don't even want to say it because then people start to calculate your age. You know what? (laughs) But I've been in education for over 20 years um, in a variety of positions. And I have, like you said, the podcast, The Book Advantage, where I talk about the power and transformational um, possibilities of books. And aside from that, I also, you know, have South Florida life living, love to travel, love books, love journaling, love writing, a woman of faith, and all of the above. And that's just a tiny bit about me. Okay, that's good. And I do know, like you just mentioned, and from listening to your podcast, that you like to journal. And that is one thing that I do Um, more so to get my thoughts out, but let's talk about how journaling has helped you along the way. For me, I use it, it it comes to me in a variety of ways. Sometimes I'm getting the thoughts out and I'm just journaling about the day or what's going on or more like ranting because I have these little mini rant sessions on paper. And then I look back and I'm like, oh my gosh. Um, Then sometimes my journal extends into, they become prayers. It's like my conversation with God. So I'm like, if you were having a conversation with a parent, I'm going through the days, usually adding prayers for people, um, prayers for myself. And just like that guidance, that therapist connection, but of a divine level. And then I have, I belong to a journaling group, which is called Faith Activated, where you write, you shift and you script. And it's a matter of like you're writing what it is that you want or you write what's current, you write what you want, and then you shift it as if it were already there. 
So it's more like manifestation and bringing those dreams to life. So that's that's my multiple journal. I, it's crazy. Multiple journaling writing practices. Right. Yeah, I've recently sort of gotten into scripting, but I've also, like I said, I've had journals throughout my childhood, um, even into adulthood and also as in faith. My former life, before I was married and had children, I would just out loud because I lived by myself. So I was like, God, where are you? And now you have a whole audience. Right. And now it's more like kids are like, uh, who are you talking to? And then even like that through marriage, it helps because there are moments where I don't feel aligned with my husband or there's a situation going on. Right. He'll know. I'm like, give me a minute. I need to write. You know, I need to write first to get my thoughts together. I need to just yeah. let everything... <laughs> you know, just flow out, just write whatever, the good, the bad, the ugly, just so I can get to what the real reason is because the anger is also underneath. Yeah. And I found that even writing helped when I went through the loss of my daughter, you know, as if I was writing her letter to say, mm -hmm. still loved her and I hate that this has to happen, you know, so writing is definitely therapeutic, you know, Absolutely. and I really... <laughs> I really suggest that to anybody, it's like, or even, you know, certain things of you write a letter to someone who's getting on your nerves and you just tell them everything you want to tell them. they don't find you know, it. You know, now you throw it away. I've had, I made that mistake when I was little. <laughs> I wrote a letter to my parents. I was upset with them and they found it. Oh. My dad's like, I found your note. <laughs> oh. Now I learned to, you rip it up or you burn it. Yes. You know, so you just get it out there. <laughs> yes. Yes, shred it, rip it, burn it. Yeah, don't leave it around. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's, yes, because, I mean, that's your own personal outlet. And there are things that you don't want to say because you know the the impact and the effect of saying those harsh words. Right. And in a moment of anger, it may not really be what you're feeling all the time, but at that moment, that's how you yeah. felt. Oh, yeah. That's how you felt. But, yeah, and then they read that and... Oh, and I forget, there was yeah. another incident, too, where my um, whole sort of drama with my husband's ex, and when we first started dating, journaling mm -hmm. and just writing out feelings, because it was a new relationship for me, so I was just kind of getting out the insecurities and, you know, just those, and she found it and read it to him as a way of being spiteful to, like, <laughs> oh, yeah, so I've definitely had, you know, writing kind of backfire me, but like I said, I'm unapologetic. I'm like, I felt that at the time. You know, yes. so I don't know what to tell you. I think that's a whole podcast episode. Right. Yes. I and I want to tune into that. Like, I don't even want to interrupt because I have all the questions. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. So what happened? What oh, did yeah. they say? Oh, yeah. That's the one thing I have to um, get ready for because that's a whole, like, two-parter <laughs> type. It's a three-part miniseries. Tune in. Uh, also, like writing, how has it helped you, like informing, like your adulthood? Like, for instance, what would you tell your twenty-one-year-old self, or the one who just graduated from college, entering into yeah. true adulthood, like being on your own? What would you tell that version of Tennille? Oh, that version of Tennille. I went to her. Stop being so scared. Stop yeah. being so fearful and scared, and just do it. I used to write a lot. I used to write a lot of short stories and I had all these stories bottled in and believe it or not, the creativity of doing the podcast and writing now, because I do write before I even 
have like those solo episodes because I that's just how I process information. I'm a writer. And I think back at that younger version of myself who had so many short stories written and I found a few and I was like, why didn't you follow through and publish this? Like, this is pretty good. And now it's like I'm faced with, should I go ahead and publish those short stories because I found them again? And kind of, I don't want to say I regret because everything happens at the right time within its purpose and all that. But I'm kind of like, wow, you should have published this. You should have done the blogging that in 2006, you had started, but you stopped out of fear. And it's like, you have that tiny bit of regret, but you have so many lessons that you learned from that. Right. So, so it's like a a balance of the two. I'm doing it now. Now it's like, I still feel the fear and I'm like, okay, we're going to do it. I don't care how I look. And I think that comes with age. Right. I, I agree with that, too, because I feel like younger version of yourself, quantity of friends are yes. important. As you get older, you realize it's the quality of friends. And so you have yes. to get out of your head that I need a certain amount of friends to be, you know, just like now doing, like I said, doing a podcast, regardless of how many listeners there are, I'm just going to put it out there. Right. You know, and the right people will find it. Exactly. <laughs> you know, so that may be true for your short stories. It's like, Maybe the right audience now is ready for it, whether, you know, you weren't ready then and you can be ready now and do it. Yeah. So I say go for it. Oh yeah. Now it's like now because I, I love, and you know, my love of books. So I have a lot of personal development books and business books that I love, but I absolutely love fiction too. So now those fictional stories are creeping up and I'm like, ah, this book that I've had in mind, and I want to say, Shannon, like over 20 years. And I knew, and I was struggling with the ending of it. Got the ending, but then I was like, how do I want to start it? And now the starting, now the beginning of the book has surfaced creativity, like the creative aspect. And I'm like, okay, so now what do I do with this? Because where do I find that time to now fit this dream? Because it's surfaced and it's come, and now it's begging to be written. So it's like, right. mm, Okay. I'm writing down all this stuff and just preparing because I have a feel I have a feeling that a fictional book is about to take place in some shape, some form. Don't know exactly where, but it's coming. It's funny you say that because I feel like the exact same I've had a story in my mind that since I was way younger and I was like, mm-hmm. Oh, this would be such a cool and I even started writing it a little bit, but then it's like you get caught up like, How am I gonna do this? Or no one's gonna read it, or people won't get it, and it's like you don't do it versus mm-hmm. even now another idea popped up and I was like just write it because I'm like yes I get the premise but how would I even end it how would I tie it together and it's like well don't worry about it I'm just telling myself don't worry about it just write yes. <laughs> and I was like, it will come if it doesn't come maybe another idea will spark and you're like, you go a whole different direction or a whole another book I'm like the whole idea is just to write <laughs> just mm-hmm. get creative and write absolutely I'm absolutely. so caught up and so, like I'm sure you too like the day of being a teacher, grading papers, like the not so fun parts of teaching, you know, the conferences that it takes the creativity out of you when you just want to shape young minds. Whereas me, it's like, I want to help my kids. And we want to do these things. But it's like the day to day of gotta get up this early. We got to go to this appointment. We got to go to school. I got to pick. Yeah. It's like, how do you break up the day to do those things? So yeah. when do you find the time to write? Well, for me, I am a for, I, I, I'm a planner above and beyond. I'm a planner. So I plan things and people are like, oh, but you know, 
you don't leave yourself room or space to just allow things to happen. I go, absolutely. I can plan all day long and things can make, can take a left. So it's just being that not only am I a planner, but I'm flexible. So when it comes to my writing, I try to carve out some time, even if it's five minutes to do whatever it is that I'm, that I want to do. So if for journaling, five minutes, going for a walk, five minutes. And then if I have time to increase from there, I do. And I wouldn't be able to fit in those five minutes had I not had a structured plan in place to begin with. Because right. sometimes those five minutes take place, sometimes they don't. Yeah, I, oh my God. <laughs> Being a mother, same thing. It's like I tell my kids, like, and the more I'm like, we're going to go to the park at this time. We're going to go this. I'm going to go to, um, to the gym we're gonna work out all this thing and then they wake up my throat hurts and they got a fever and that throws it all off or my boys love to wrestle with each other and it's like look i do not have time in my day to go to the emergency room so we're gonna stop this (laughs) and it's funny you say that but like my kids i teach middle school so middle school they have this tendency to have their hands all over each other i'm like can you stop touching one another and then some of them may get a little too active. And I tell them, look, there's no time to write reports today. I'm not sending right. anyone to the clinic. Stop. Everyone sit. We, right. we have stuff to do. <laughs> like, let's go. So it's like, yes, teaching and motherhood have some parallels because you're yeah. saying that. And I was like, I, I was telling one of my students and I love him to pieces, but my goodness, is he active and wants to touch and run? And I was like, this is not the place or the time for this. So I need you to sit. Cause I don't yeah. have time to do a report. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because you're doing middle school and that's the one age group where I'm mm-hmm. like the most anxious of where my kids go to school. It's like, yeah. you know, when they're this age, my kids are, you know, soon to be six, four, and two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, birthday's coming up this week, actually. So yes. elementary school is like, there's still that innocence. But then once you know they're, longer you know without you longer and longer you know mm-hmm. far as in school and the influence of friends it's like oh my gosh that innocence is going to be taken away or like how do I help shape them so like how do you get through that age group because I thought about being a teacher at one point I had a scholarship for it and everything but I was like yeah. I just don't want to do with the parents it wasn't even the so like, I don't want to do with the parents but for that age because all the hormones are racing so how is yeah. it just shaping those minds well, what I tell my parents, and usually with, with kids, because sometimes they reach out to me and they're like, I don't know what's going on with my child. And initially I was like, I don't know. I'm not a parent. Why are you asking? <laughs> you know. But then after years of teaching, and this comes with experience, just like it does with parenthood, um, remaining, keeping those lines of communication open right. and not letting your student, not letting your students, not letting your child just live their life on social media, taking them away from social media, getting them disconnected because a lot of that comparison and they will beat themselves up because they don't measure up. Whereas if you have that one-to-one connection and you have that communication with them, going for walks in a park, going to do activities that doesn't involve with them being zoned out on TikTok or Snapchat or whatever the case is, having that relationship in real life is so much more valuable than just letting them to be with be with their own devices 
Right. So that's my recommendation. Yes, it's a, it's a, middle school is a time of transition. They don't know who they are. They, they tend to bully without knowing that they're bullying. Right. But then they'll band together and rally for a cause and they're like all over the place. They just don't know who they are yet. Yeah. So it's a matter of just being supportive, guiding them, helping them see where, you know, that decision you made was not the best one. This is what, what do you think? And asking their opinion, what do you think would be a better decision or better choice for you to make in this instance? And they'll tell you, it just takes some reflective time because half of the time, this part of the brain, the prefrontal, prefrontal is not fully developed yet. So we have to remember that when we look at them, you say, like, why did you do that? Because <laughs> they're not fully developed yeah. yet. They're still trying to find their own and they're all over the place. But we have to remember that, you know, this is a difficult time for them. They're still young enough to listen. And then, but now they're old enough where like, you're not cool anymore. Yeah. 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 You were like the main idol of my life. I couldn't get enough of you. I wanted to right. see your pen and bang down the door and be with you in the bathroom and all the things when they were little. And now it's like, you're not cool. I was, just yeah. telling, I was actually writing about that this morning because I was yeah. like, my daughter's trying to grab the pencil. She's trying to sit in my lap. And I was like, mm-hmm. remember, because there's going to be a time where she's going to yeah. want nothing to do with you. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, hopefully, and I even wrote that. I said, hopefully if I keep you know, communication open and know that it's a safe place to confide mm-hmm. in me, then hopefully I won't have that time where she doesn't want to be around me. But, you know, right. as my husband was taking the kids out for a walk now, my oldest is crying. Why isn't mommy coming? I want her to come. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, yes. I was like, okay, they'll get through it, which is fine. He just does that because he wants chips. You know, I know the <laughs> end game. Everything from my oldest is how can I get more potato chips? That's his favorite. Uh, he has goals. He has goals. Yeah. <laughs> I will eat the yogurt. I will eat whatever healthy food you tell me to do to a certain extent. But as long as I get chips in the end, like that's yeah. all. <laughs> and you know, and, and that in itself will change too. But how you talk, and I see how your face is lighting up when you're talking about your son and his chips. Yeah. Uh, affliction at this time <laughs> but years from now when they're in middle school because that's one thing they love to listen to is stories about them and it's like at one time there wasn't anything you wouldn't do for a chip and they'll right. sit there and they'll tune in and they're like really so mom do tell tell me more and they love to hear these stories about them so in essence that it's funny that that's how they are now and you'll know eventually they're going to change but it's treasuring those moments, like his right. chip, his chip era. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Thank you so much for that, because I do. I'm gonna often often step outside of the craziness and just the mundane day to day to remember, like, okay, minute to just reflect and like look yes. at your child <laughs> for mm-hmm. a minute, like, because they're growing up and it's like you're just so used to day to day. It's like, oh wait a minute, like I think you've grown like an inch, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Yes. I can't believe like he's gonna be in first grade, but yeah. So, you know, I, I had those moments and I'm like, you know, trying to do, you know, the same things with them because 
as far as the creativity, he's not yet quite writing a lot. He's practicing yeah. writing. Math is his thing. So it's like, okay, the summertime, yeah. let's find ways to be creative. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, like I said, I can get him to like write more or just want to tell a story or, you know, write yeah. a story or do things like that. So I'm hoping to kind of help bring the creativity or keep that going. Yes. Know, the summertime. <laughs> yes. And you can do that on like the walks with the kids. Yeah. Like have them point out and tell me, what do you think about that? Ask their opinion because that's, that's formulating their ability to communicate. And then you can even extend it to, well, tell me a story about that. Where do you think that bug came from? Yeah. Do you think that bug has a family? What do you think they eat? What do you think they do for fun? Yeah. So when you start to ask questions and it's things that they're probably not thinking about, they start to create these little stories in their head. Right. So that's that's another way to get them spark that creativity from that side. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Let me take it back to you. Yes. Because you're helping me out so much. <laughs> I can't help it. I mean, oh, no, I like, <laughs> I really appreciate it. <laughs> like, all these things are going to be like, oh, yeah, I just need to do these things. Like, and mm-hmm. also, the mother, you have to remember, like, not to beat yourself up. Like, those are those things that I'm, you know, really getting on myself about <laughs> like yeah. don't beat yourself up you're doing fine but I was recently saw this video where and I feel like we're you know pretty close to the same age don't know your age exactly you don't have to tell me but I'm pretty sure because we know the same music and everything yes. <laughs> but someone had mentioned talking about as we get older if we were going to have like a midlife crisis and the person was like no we already went through a quarter life crisis and I say that because I actually read a book called Quarter Life Crisis when I was 27 years old. <laughs> so do you think that's a phase that you ever went through? Like, feeling like oh, more absolutely. than versus getting up to our, as we get older, thinking like, oh my God, midlife crisis is going to hit me. I feel like it already hit. <laughs> I think I have, I don't even think it's like quarter life. I think it's like every other year crisis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every other year, it's like one year is like pretty smooth and things are happening and shaking and then something happens and there's like a shift in, in, in just everything. And I'm like, who am I? What am I? Right. Is, am I on the right path? What am I doing with my life? And I think that just comes to when, and I, you know, that's a great question because now I'm thinking, I'm like, well, why does that happen? I think it's just a matter of finding ourselves and and asking ourselves like are are we on the path like right. are we on our path have we strayed is the am i pursuing that dream am i and i think now that i think about it every step that i take does move me into that dream of what i've loved since i was little i've loved books right. i've loved stories i've loved teaching you saw i paused right. <laughs> Who's going to say that? Like, who admits right. it? But I do. I love teaching. It's everything else that I don't love about the profession. Right. But oh. when I was little, I would force my little cousins and my sister to be my students. And they had no choice. And they would grumble. And I'm like, you right. can't do this lesson. <laughs> right. I know, like, what, 10? And, but it's like those little instances that show this has always been the dream. This has always right. been that little seed that's been planted in you and it has grown as you've gone through life. So I think when we have those Christ, those crisis moments is like, are we still pursuing that dream? 
is that dream still making us happy? Um, right. And where can we go where it's going to evolve into that final, you know, if I were to leave this earth today, did I, uh, did I complete what I wanted to complete? Did wow. I hit all the marks that I wanted to hit before I left? Right. So. And it's funny because like my mother, she's from the, you know, baby boomer era. And it yeah. was just, just get a job that has benefits. Like that's yes. all that matters. Just get the job mm-hmm. that has the benefits. And it was like, you may not like every day waking up or it may be so boring, but as long as you have it, like that was their safety. net. And I was like, mm-hmm. I need more than that in the company. Yeah. So I always went through, I don't know what I want to do. And she goes, every time I call, you have a new idea of what you want to do. And it's like, I think that's the difference is, I don't want to just work to do anything. You know, the right. same thing like podcasting has helped because as I started my family and I stayed home, but I'm like, well, what is it for me once they go to school? Like, mm-hmm. what am I left doing? Am I going to go back to work for the corporate America, which wasn't fun? Or do I do my own thing? <laughs> like, what's yeah. the next phase of, you know, of Shannon, you know, mm-hmm. and not just saying, oh, everything stopped at wife and the motherhood. And I'm just going to, no, I can't. And I think to to our parents' defense, because my parents were the same, my parents, you know, didn't have a lot of money and right. and they they what they thought was like get the job, get the degree, get the job, get the stability, get you know the the job with the benefits. And when I did that, and I saw that, okay, that I got it, I attained it, but now financially as a teacher, it's it wasn't enough. So I had to do the side hustle. So I did lean into that creative aspect. So just like you, Shannon, I have ideas for days and I keep getting ideas. Oh, maybe I should try this. Yeah. And my mom will say the same thing. Like, okay, but didn't you start the podcast? And yes, mom, but you know, yeah. what, what? Right. the thing is that that's what they saw would work. And in comparison to their life, what they saw with their own parents growing up, and that's what they thought would be the solution. And as the world has changed and everything from technology, think at that time, our parents didn't know we were going to have Wi-Fi and computers in our, in our houses. And just even this, like this video conferencing podcast episode that we have, they didn't know this was going to exist. So they knew what they knew at that time. And we are just prime evidence of what is able to be done. Right. And, so. and it's funny because my mother would say those things, but she wasn't living that life. Like no. my parents own their own real estate business. Like mm-hmm. she's doing her passion, which is helping people. So I was like, why do you want me to get a job? And it's so funny because she would, compl- I guess, vent to my grandmother mm-hmm. about Shannon just wants to move away and she doesn't want to stay here. And Ohio was fine. And my grandma, like, you literally did the same thing to me. Like, my mother's from Arkansas. She's like, you left yeah. me. You left me in Arkansas. <laughs> so it's funny that my mother doesn't see me in her no. stuff, which is funny. <laughs> I was like, you tell me to get a job benefits, but yet you own your own business. Like, that's what I'm going to do one day. <laughs> Just got to figure out what that business is. Well, they want to protect you from, yeah. like, in real estate, if you don't sell a property, you get no income. So I'm sure she wanted to protect you. She's like, Shannon, I want you to have income every two weeks, (laughs) monthly, whatever the case is, and not live with, with this process of waiting, you know, selling and waiting. 
And in their effect, I mean, well, as we see with them, even though they say, oh, you know, just get that. Now, as we, as we transition into what is possible, they see, okay, maybe, maybe I, I am part of her journey. I am part of her fabric and how she operates. Um, oh, yeah. So I mean, they're definitely very supportive. They're like, oh, we hear you got a podcast. What do we listen to? Like, how do I find it? So I was like, okay, yeah, I got you. My mom's the same way. My mom's the same way. She, she has, she doesn't have an iPhone. So I try to explain how to go through Spotify yeah. and she's like, I don't get it. And I was like, I'm going to have to show you when I get there. Like, yeah. you know, walk you through the process. And my dad, my dad thinks I work for Facebook. Okay. Oh, <laughs> <on> Facebook. <laughs> he's like, he'll tell people like, you know, oh, she works for Facebook. And I'm like, dad, no. He's like, well, what is that? And I told right. my dad. And funny thing is that when growing up, my dad used to listen to talk radio all the time, but in Spanish. Okay. And I would get annoyed because I was like, I, they used to speak so fast and I couldn't understand what they were saying. And then mostly they were talking about politics. And I was like, oh, dad, why do you right. listen to that? But now look at me. I listen to podcasts and I'm yeah. a, a big fan of NPR. And now I have my own talk as as he right. would say, talk radio, but on Facebook. I love him. I love him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it is funny because. I do that now too. Like my parents listen. Well, my dad was really into music, but they listen to their things. And now it's like all my stuff is like podcasts, self help, you yes. know, things like that in the car with the kids. And I'm like, oh my goodness, these kids are probably like, what is mommy listening to? But eventually, like sometimes yeah. I'll play my podcast for them. Yeah. Just and then they'll be like, I'm like, whose voice is that? And they're like, mommy's, mommy, <laughs> mommy's voice. I love it. They're like, how are you on there? So. Yeah, it's funny, but I love my parents to pieces. And like I said, you realize like generationally, and yeah. even, like I realized what they went through because my mother grew up in, you know, Arkansas during Jim Crow era, mm -hmm. civil rights movement. So I know it was definitely not what I see today. You yeah. know, the same thing I tell like my, I have a cousin who is in the teaching field. I, she's a school psychologist, but in Texas, and, you know, similar to what you had to deal with in Florida, mm -hmm. you know, I had to tell her, she's like, my kids just don't get it. And I was like, well, you're slowly waking up to what you didn't realize either. Right. And I was like, they don't see it right now at that age. All they see yeah. is the friend in front of them. Yes. You know, they don't see it, the whole world and how everything's affected. So I was like, just give them, you know, just you be the parent and just sort of put it in there every once in a while, but not lecture because they're, they're going to turn it off. Exactly. You know, you know, just kind of ease it in there, but we kind of, we want to protect them from it, but we can't, you know, just like our mm -hmm. parents, they want to protect us from not having a job or going unemployment or like my mom's like, I remember yeah. eating government cheese. <laughs> like, I know that's the life she did. Poor thing. Yeah, yeah, she doesn't want you to go through her struggles, yeah. but that's the thing about life. There's always going to be a struggle, no matter, right. no matter how much you try to protect and conceal. And I think I found that with my parents, they were trying to protect me to, to no end that they kind of instilled that fear of certain things and not pursuing it. But now as they've seen that I've branched out and they've been receptive to, yes, do it. Cause I see the happiness that it brings you. I see when you light up 
just like when you light up when you talk about some of your favorite students and the incidents that happen in class. Like right. I see that light up. So I think that's what changes their mind, even though they can't see that they have done similar things like your mom in real estate, right? that they can't see that, you know, there's some parallels here. Oh my goodness. So what do you think, we'll take it decade by decade. So what do you think in your 20s was your biggest life lesson? Oh, 20s was more about finding out. I was like always on the, perp, on this, like on the journey of trying to find out what my purpose is. Right. Because I avoided going into teaching. I avoided it. <laughs> it like it were the plague. Like, no, I don't want any of, I don't want any part of that. And, and finally, it's like, I was still working in the school system. I was a registrar for a night school program for the adult program. So I sat there and the principal from the day school program was like, why aren't you going into teaching? He's like, you and I have had so many great conversations about, you know, books and even then books and he would give me books to read and we would talk about them. And we developed like this, not friendship, but more like a mentoring right. type of relationship. And at one point when I finished my degree and at that time, and this is where you're going to be able to pinpoint my age, <laughs> September 11th happened. Yeah. And the, the jobs that I was seeking, which were more research-based, writing-infused positions, they were kind of eliminated. So at that time, the he's like, I have a position open. Why don't you give this a try? And I'm like, mm, I don't know. He's like, I think you'll do phenomenal. I was like, okay. So that person who was like on a trajectory to try to find their purpose Everything was happening for me at that time, and mm -hmm. I just couldn't see it. Okay. So I kind of fought, like, every right. every green light. I was like, I don't want to do that. So I would, like, bypass it and end up going back to the same place at the same time, but I had to do it on my own terms. Right. So more so, like, leaning into the opportunities. Stop saying no so much and go into it lean into it. I think that was my 20s. 30s, oh, 30s was like life in terms of like getting married. I got married, got divorced. Um, certain things like career-wise took place. My career was thriving, but then my personal relationships were, went to the wayside. And I know I kind of leaned into working to not deal with the personal stuff. Mm -hmm. So the thirties, I would have told her to take care more of you, body, mind, soul, and not just lean into things to avoid those feelings. Right. right. Yeah. And forties, forties have been um interesting. Forties is where I've I've followed those. I've said yes more. I've right. said oh, yes yeah. to the dream. You know, starting a side hustle, starting that turned into a business at a, for a while there and turning into accepting things that everyone tells you go down this path. This is going to be where mm -hmm. you need to go administration and all this. And I, I said, yes. And then I did some self-reflection. I was like, no, that's not a good fit. And I'm not going to stay here and I'm not going to do another 20, 20 years. Right. <laughs> because they said it would be a good fit. 
I took right. the chance. I said yes more. And then I also said yes to myself. Right. That's and true. To, it's like realizing what works for you. Yes. You know, and honoring honoring me right. and my dream and my my call in this world. So right. that's good because I get that as I, you know, just became into my forties, which is funny because like I never even thought about life in my forties. It was more like twenties I expected to figure out what I wanted. You know, and then 30s, I should have already had it by then. <laughs> like, yeah. it's like, you think like 30s, you're going to have it all together. And then when you realize in your 30s, like, oh, no, I'm still figuring this thing out. And we will always figure it out because now I've made it a point. Like I have I have friends that are in their 50s and even 60s that are social media influencers and they're bloggers. And you have these conversations with them and you see like they still question it. And they mm-hmm. they're comfortable in their skin. But they also, hmm, should I take this? Should I go this route or should I take this path? And you see that they struggle similar with similar aspects that we do here in this age bracket. Well, it's like me starting the podcast. Like I was going to do it with a friend and, you know, she's also a mother and life was getting in the way. And that's one thing I sat and realized. It's like, if I don't do this because she's not doing it, who am I going to truly be upset with? her or myself Mm -hmm. and it's like do I want to live my life waiting for somebody else when something is in me to do it and it's like no I'm just gonna do it and it's like you know I had to have that conversation like hey I'm gonna do this on my own and we'll catch up (laughs) you know later and maybe revisit I'll have two podcasts but I'm like right now I need to do this and it's like that's what I think I really realized is I have to do it because I want to do it for someone else to catch up or put my life on hold waiting for somebody else. So right. it's definitely. Right. And I think that comes with being in, in your forties. And I yeah. think like coming into your own, you know what you want. And if you don't take that step, who, who are you going to be angry with? Which is right. going to be yourself, not her. You may be angry with her momentarily or for a brief moment, but then it's like, well, why didn't you do it? Because I've had right. that conversation. Why didn't mm-hmm. you? Like I said, even to bring it back where writing helps, like mm-hmm. journaling, it's like yes. it gets out everything, <laughs> every thought that pops up, even has nothing to do with it. Like, oh yeah, I can't forget to buy this. All right, so back to the <laughs> like, right. You know, that's why I think like writing definitely helps to like process feelings. And it's funny because my husband knows that he knows I get quiet first. If I'm dealing with something, he goes, what's the matter? I'm like, give me a minute. And then it goes to, he will see me and I'm sitting there writing. He goes, I catch you later. And so like, once I've gone through that, those steps, and then it's like, okay, now we can have a conversation, yeah. you know, get through like what I'm actually dealing with mm-hmm. or what's what I'm processing. That was like one thing, actually, that's one thing I can say I kept with me throughout the years is writing, right. you know, strictly for myself. <laughs> and you know, that works for you. You know, that's, yeah. that works for you. So yeah. definitely, and, and he's respectful of it, which he he's scoring points in my book. Yeah, and he's like, okay, I'm gonna give you a moment. Yeah, go do yeah. your thing. You know, like I said, we still, like I said, like all couple, we have our ups and downs. But like I said, at least that part I can be free enough to myself. I'm like, you know, it's gonna work out in your best interest that I write. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right and right. Yes. <laughs> I think we've had such a great conversation. Always. And I don't, I know we do. Always. We can always go off on like more and more tangents. And I was mm-hmm. like, all right, let me not keep too much of your time because 
you just started your spring break. So I'm going to let you enjoy that and just. Oh, I appreciate you. You know, we could stay here for for a while longer because that's one thing about me is that I love great conversations. And I think that's why the podcast is such a great outlet for me. Um, And it helps connect. I like learning about people. I love having great conversations. It's one of the things that stimulates me. and, And for me, that's the extroverted side. It just it fills me up. I was like, oh, that's such right. a great conversation. And I'll be with it for a while. Right. And I was like, oh, like a, with a great lesson, I'll be with it for a while. Like, oh, that was so good. That was such a great conversation. And then we're so like the other side of me, it's like, I need time to fill up that tank. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. where the self-reflective side comes in and reading books and staying quiet, but yeah. a balance of the two. Right. And it's like the same, like what you mentioned, like for the administrative side, like I've been in therapy for a couple of years and even my therapist like, oh, you should think about doing this. And I thought and I was like, but then it goes into the schooling and you can't say certain things and it takes the creativity of actually having a conversation right. out of it. Because like people come to me with things and I'm like, OK, so how do you feel? <laughs> so I did the same stuff <laughs> therapist. But I was like, but if I actually did that, I was like. It would take the creative juice out of me because like I can only say this and I can't say this, you know. So yeah, so I understand that part. What I find with that, Shannon, when they give you recommendations like that, maybe it's not directly in that position, but a form of that position. Because I find that even though I, I was great at administration, that was great, like following a structure and the rule follower and all of these things. But the thing was that I was lacking that relationship, that connection, that teaching. That's that's why it wasn't a good fit. But there's ways around that. And it may appear in different formats. It may appear on your podcast or something else that comes down the line. Right. So don't don't shut down the advice. The thing, that's the thing. It's like, well, I said, how can I do that? But then it's like, I also have to get through my, and I don't want to say like shyness, but also like the part of like, having attention on me like yeah. that's where it gets it's like I'm not afraid to speak in front of a crowd but it's more like I don't want necessarily all the attention on me so that's right. one thing I have to get like my ego out the way like it's all right it's fine <laughs> it'll show up in a different yeah. way and, and when it's time you will shine just like you have yeah. right now oh thank you so much and then of course tell everybody where they can catch you on your book advantage podcast Okay, so you can listen to me on all the platforms. It's called The Book Advantage. And you can also follow me on Instagram at The Book Advantage. And you can connect with me, send me DMs and all the things. Let's talk about books and the power and transformation ability that they have. Oh, yes. Oh, please go listen to it. It's such a good podcast. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks. So I hope you enjoy my conversation with Tennille. As you can hear from my giggles, I did too. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this week's episode. You can email me at learninglifethisway at gmail.com or hit me up on Instagram at beingshannondora. Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Your feedback is much appreciated. I'll talk to you next week. Bye. Thank you.